right here. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Echo, are you on? Echo, are you on the air? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus, because we were having some trouble on this end. So. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah, I wonder yeah, if I called so. the wrong number. No, 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 you did not. You did not. So I wanted to welcome everyone to our live program this evening. This is a live program, and as always, we sometimes have technical difficulty, and we just had a bit of technical difficulty on our end, but we are glad we have lots of numbers on our screen, so we know that we have listeners this evening. So we are excited, and here we are, Echo, on this um, day of the big debate that's going on. My teacher said, you know, there's no coincidence why you're talking to Echo Bodine on the big night where the um, uh, thing's going on. So he says, you're probably working together to create a canopy. So so I'm I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that you are here, and I'm glad that we are on. And I want to thank Tom, who's here as my uh, director. So I just wanted to give everybody the telephone number who's listening because you have an opportunity to talk to Echo tonight and and we invite you all to either make a comment or if you have a question, please feel free to call our program tonight and the number is two one three five five nine two nine seven four. Press the number one. I'm going to give that to you again. Two one three five five nine Two nine. Press the number one. If you have a question for Echo, Tom, our program director, will pick it up and he'll let us know that you have a question. We'll put you on the air. So here we are with Echo Bodine, who is a psychic, medium, healer, ghostbuster, teacher, and indeed a world-famous author. Echo has, has numerous books. I think many of you who know Echo, that she's done many, many books. But her latest book, which we're going to talk about tonight, is what Happens When We Die, which is now available at um, bookstores throughout the whole wide world at Amazon.com and at NewWorldLibrary.com. Uh, just to tell you just a little bit about Echo, her abilities began at the age of 17. She has the ability of seeing clairvoyance and clairsentience, which is hearing and uh, clair. You have to help me, Claire Gustins. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Echo. Yep. Claire I Gustin. did it. Okay. Which you is now. Yes. Thank you. And I do believe you are an amazing woman who is gracious, real, and approachable. I had so many comments, Echo, the last time that we talked together, and people oh, said it was an excellent interview because we kind of were able to bounce back with one another. So. Good, good. Um, so, um, tell, 
Yeah, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and how this all began for you in your psychic energy field. And you said you kind of opened up around the age of 17. Yes. Um, Okay, here we go. Um, Let's see, it was 1965, and my family was sitting around the dinner table. We had all just finished eating, and my brother who was younger than me, he went downstairs to practice on his drum set. He was learning how to play the drums. And he was in the beginning stages, so he sounded, you know, pretty rough. And all of a sudden he started playing some really nice drumming music. And we all just stopped talking and looked at our dad, and he said, I don't know, it must be the record I bought him. And after about maybe 30 seconds if it was even that long, of listening to this music, all of a sudden my brother came running up the stairs and said, did you hear it, did you hear it, did you hear it? And we were like, yeah, what was it? And he said, a white figure floated through the door, across the room, placed its hands on my brother's hands, and played that music. And he said, I tried to drop my sticks, I had my eyes closed, and I could still see him. He said, um, and finally he, he, the spirit pulled back, stopped playing the music, and then floated across the door and out the room. And my brother was just really, really upset. And we, up until that point, I was 17 years old, up until that point we hadn't, you know, we didn't talk about psychics or um, none of this was really in our life other than my grandma who used to say that she went down to the riverbanks to talk to the gypsies, but that was it. You know, we didn't, she didn't, she didn't go into it any further. And so this was, this was our introduction to what was going on or the beginning, let's say of, Oh boy, of a very long road, but what happened next was that my mom was in a spiritual group at the time, and one of the women had mentioned that she had been to a psychic who lived in St. Paul. I'm in Minnesota right now. And um, my mom called the lady and said, okay, we just had a really weird experience. And she said, could I, would you give me the number of that psychic? And she did. And um Mom called the psychic, and the psychic said, yes, Mrs. Bodine, I've been expecting your phone call. And she said, mm-hmm. your son just met his guardian angel named Dr. Fitzgerald. And she said when he, in one of his lifetimes he was a drummer, and he's going to teach your son how to play the drums. And this happened for an important reason. I need to see you and your oldest daughter for a psychic reading. And my mom said, well, okay, uh, I'll get back to you on that. Uh, She was so freaked out. And uh, we ended up seeing her about a week later. And that's when she told me that I was born with all four of the psychic abilities and the gift of healing. And she told me that I was going to be um, a famous psychic one day that I would travel around the world and teach people how to develop their psychic abilities and that I would teach people about the gift of healing. And she said, 
there isn't much I can tell you about the gift of healing. Uh, there's two things that you need to know. One, it's God that heals people. You're simply the channel. And two, uh, she says, always use white hankies underneath your hands when you're channeling healing. And I, <laughs> I remember saying, I said to her, I said, okay, I've got two things here. One, I don't have any of this stuff that you're talking about. And two, I don't want any uh. of this stuff that you're talking about. And she said, I said to her, I just want to have a nice normal life. And she said, you can have a nice normal life in your next life. But in this lifetime, this is what you've come here to do. And wow. um, she also told my mom that she would be a well-known psychic someday, that my brother Michael would be the same, a well-known psychic, that he would write books. And they said that, uh, she said that our sister, Nikki, would come into her gifts in her mid-40s. And that my other brother, the drummer, would have nothing to do with any of this. And, you know, we drove home that night, and we just kept saying to each other, okay, why why us? Why, why do we have to do this stuff? And um, about... Oh, gosh, it was about six weeks later that another psychic in town called us. We didn't know her at all. Um, She said that her spirit guides gave her the names of eight different people in the Twin Cities and told her that she was supposed to help us develop our psychic abilities. And she gave Mom the address and said, classes start in my home a week from Thursday. And she said, I hope to see you there. And she hung up the phone and mom came up to my room and told me and I remember saying mom this stuff has got me so freaked out because what we did in the meantime was of course we went to the only bookstore in the Twin Cities uh, New Age bookstore and it was in the back alley of this area in downtown Minneapolis where nobody went and uh, we bought all these Ruth Montgomery books and of course we went and bought a Ouija board and uh, oh, my gosh, girl, we, you know, we didn't know what we were doing, but we were just trying to figure it all out. And uh, we ended up going to classes. Our teacher's name was Birdie, and uh, we ended up learning from her for about a year. And um, I was the most resistant of all the students in the class. I was just so afraid of all of it. It just... I just didn't understand it. And then she starts talking to us about reincarnation and karma and life after death and uh, spirit guides. And, uh, you know, okay, again, I'm 17 years old. I, You know, the most excitement I have in my yeah. life is I belong to the home at club after school. Okay, so now all of a sudden <laughs> all this is going to happen. And, you know, it was, it was, oh, it was, it was quite a while before I really started to embrace all that I have. And the other thing that I did was um, I went on to college. I had college for three years. I um, became a chemical dependency counselor for a while. I then became a barber for a while. I did other things, and my abilities just kept getting stronger and stronger over a 12-year period. And then when I was 29 years old, 
that's when I just said, okay, uncle, I give up. And I started doing that full time, this, all of this full time. And there's my story. Do you know that I was a chemical dependency counselor as well? Were you? (laughs) I was. I mean, it's so interesting to listen to you because – I looked over my at my assistant. Oh my God! I was a chemical dependency counselor, and I struggled oh with accepting my gifts. So it's very interesting. Very interesting. Yes, it is. Huh? Yes, it is. So, um, so did you have any after you stopped that resistance of knowing who you were and the gifts that you ha- had? Was it very difficult to bring out your gifts to the world, or? Oh yeah, I still. Oh my goodness! It. I, I didn't. I was just very careful about who I told. And, you know, back then, that was in the, let's see, 70s, that, um, oh, gosh, girl. Yeah, that was in the 70s and the 80s. It it was, it. let me just say today, looking back, it was a very hard path. And I don't know if I knew today back then how hard it was going to be. I don't know if I would have had the courage to do it, but I didn't know back then what it was all going to be about. And I didn't know about all the resistance that was out there and all the negativity around being psychic or even saying you're a psychic. I I didn't know all that. So I went went into it um, very cautiously and... Uh, slowly, and um, and there were lots of tears, I'll tell you that. Lots of times I just said, oh, I can't do this, and people are so mean. And um, and then other times it was like, no, I can do this. This will be okay. And, you know, I remember the first time I went to make business cards, and I was uh, talking to God about, I said, okay, um, will you give me, a word that I could put on my business card instead of psychic because I said psychic has such a negative connotation to it. And I heard a voice say, well, then turn it into a positive. And I said, why do I have to do this? And uh, and there was no response. But it, that's kind of how it went was, um, really, 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 do I have to do this? And yes, 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 keep going. And um, you know, a really cool thing happened when, mm, let's see, that first year when I quit barbering and I, uh, oh, my God, that month was terrible. Uh, I think I made $161 the first month wow. uh, away from being a barber. <laughs> and I was going over to my mom's every night to get fed. And I had a car payment, and I went down to welfare i i had never been there before it was like oh my god and i went down to welfare and they said well sell your car and then you can come back and we can and i'm like sell my car and yeah if you can afford your well my mom was making my car payments too i mean it was just awful and so you know what i did is um oh gosh i i can't remember I, i remember i said to god one day okay you know what i've had it um, I am not going to do this anymore. I'm going to go back and I'm going to cut hair. And I said, you've got 24 hours 
to give me some kind of an answer or some kind of a sign because I can't keep doing this. I don't know how to do this, and I don't know how to get business. And, um, oh, my gosh, girl, the next day I got a phone call from our local newspaper, and they were doing a story for Halloween, and they were interviewing several psychics in the Twin Cities, and she said, my name was on the list. And I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, really, the newspaper? And, oh, my gosh, I was so excited. And um, so we started talking on the phone. And we ended up talking on the phone for almost an hour. And she said, okay, I'm going to, can I come over tomorrow and get a reading from you? And she said, and would it be okay if I brought a photographer? And I said, sure. And, oh, my gosh, girl, I was so flipped out. I was so excited. Oh, my gosh, God, thank you. You know, he answered my (laughs) prayer. um, Oh, my God. And so she came the next day, and this photographer, he must have taken 30 or 40 pictures. He kept snapping. Every Every little change in my face, he'd snap another picture. And finally I said to her, my goodness, how many pictures does he have to take? And I said, how many psychics are going to be in the article? And she said, oh, Echo, after you and I talked, I went and told my editor all the things that you said, and my editor said, forget forget about all the other psychics. Do the whole feature on her. And wow. it, And she said, and we're going to wait until after Halloween because she said you have integrity and you don't belong in a Halloween story. And, wow. again, I was very naive. It's like, oh, that's, thank you. You know, I didn't even realize at the time what a big deal that was. But that the it was November 3rd uh, the article came out, and there was my face as big as day on the cover of the variety section of the newspaper, and it was a two-page story. It was unbelievable. And from that point on, uh, my career took off. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. we already have questions. Are you willing and ready to take yeah, any honey. questions? I know I want to get to your book, but we have a, a caller from Florida. So this is Julia from Hello, Florida. Julia. Julia. Good evening, ladies. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. You are welcome. Um, well, Basically, I'm kind of starting over in life. I went through a divorce at the beginning of the year, and I'm trying to reestablish who I am in the world and figure out, you know, where I'm going next. So um, I was hoping for some guidance as far as my next step is to, you know, find employment and find my own place to live. So um, any guidance okay. you have around that? Um, the problem is I didn't know we were going to do psychic questions. When you said questions, I thought we were just going to talk about everything in general. And I am not, I did not open up myself psychically at all. Is that okay? Tana, are you there? That's okay for me. <laughs> yes, okay, absolutely. That's okay. Because okay. I know that um, um, some people believe, I know that lots of times, again, like this word psychic, people think you can open that up close that up, open yeah. that up and close it. Exactly. And so you kind of have to prepare for that. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I so did what not I prepare. Suggest, I didn't even, didn't even occur to me that we would be doing those kind of questions. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So, Julia, um, I what I would like to suggest is that after or before we close on this program, what I will do is I will give you Echo's number and contact information, and um, you can call her, and that she could help you. Then is that okay, Julia? Sure, that's fine. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mm-hmm. I Thank don't. You. I I I would recommend um, um, email, not not phone number, because I don't answer the phone. You okay. Know what I, mean? I uh, it all yeah. goes to voicemail. So. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we will do that, okay. Julia. We will um we will get you hooked up through email and um um let's go to David from Massachusetts. David, are Hello. you there? Hi I am. David, thank welcome you. to the program. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank but... you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not a psychic question. Uh okay. but I wanted to just really have the opportunity to say thank you to uh, Echo Bodine. Yeah, because uh, you made a video back in, uh, actually, I have it pulled up now, uh, the Bible and, and the gifts of spirit and psychic uh, information stuff. And you yep. published it in uh, July of 2010. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I watched that. I mean, I don't know how many times. And it's really helped me to, uh, let's say, quote, you know, put everything into a nice, neat little package, if that's even possible. Yeah. Uh, but but my question is, uh, do you feel like, because I know you'll be honest, obviously, do you think that people like ourselves really have a responsibility to other mm-hmm. people to uh, to exercise our gifts? Oh, you know, David, what I tell my students is that, okay, I think it's important that we develop our gifts so that we understand what they are. But, you know, it, I tell them it does not mean because you develop your abilities does not mean that you have to go out and do psychic readings for people. Uh, this is a gift that you can choose to either use for the goodness of others or not use. And, you know, that that always puts people's minds at ease. Because I, some people have told me that they want to take psychic development classes, but they're afraid that if they do, then they're going to have to become a professional psychic. And, you know, that's just not the case. It's our gift. We can do whatever we choose with it. Mm-hmm. But, okay. you know, the word that you used is responsibility also, and there is a tremendous responsibility with this gift if we decide to use it for others. So um, it's okay. a big deal. You know, it is, oh, my goodness, It's uh, people give us a lot of power, which I think is unfortunate. I mean, people will, they'll live their lives according to every word that we give them. And Mm -hmm. so it is a tremendous responsibility, and we have to be really, really careful about the information that we give to other people. We have to learn, you know, discernment, and we have to learn about intuition, checking ourselves, um, you know, a couple times with the information that we're giving to people just to make sure that we've interpreted it accurately. So there's a lot of, of yeah. you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. that goes along with having this gift, these gifts. I, I guess I ask uh, because I just feel like, you know, I'm in the angels and God and things like that. And I, I'm 51 years old, so I'm kind of older. And I just, I'm, I'm, I'm actually starting to feel guilty because I've been out of it for a couple of years. Uh, okay. And, yep. But I feel like 
there was so much effort put into me, invested in me uh, by the other side, you know, to help okay. get me to where I am. You know, you know how yeah. that works. I mean, you know, little things happen, and they, they push you to get there. And I, I'm, yeah. like, actually kind of feeling guilty. I'm like, well, I, I feel like I'm kind of giving up on them. So, but that, thank you for your answer. Well, David, you got to remember, too, they know you really well. And they know that, okay, we're going to push him to develop these gifts, and then he's going to take some time off. And maybe they're thinking when you turn, you know, 55 or 60, you'll say, you know what, I'm ready to go back to it. So I don't think you should assume that they're going to be upset with you. I think that you should assume that they know you very well. And they (laughs) they know what your reaction is going to be to all of this. Okay, yeah. so just, you know, what I did before when I was cutting hair was I would ask God a lot, okay, is it time for me? And, you know, I know you're pushing me to go to that go to that place in my career, but uh, I just never felt like it was really time. And then finally the answer started to be, yes, it is time now. And even when okay. I got the answer, yes, it's time I would say, okay, should I quit my barbering job? No, not yet. And so it was interesting about divine timing and checking in with God every morning about, okay, is it time yet? Not quite yet, but you're almost there. So if I were you, what I would suggest is just check in with God each day and say, okay, do you want me to do anything about it today? And if you don't get a big yes, then just go on and keep living your life the way you're living it. Okay. Oh, thank you. I okay. feel better. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. thank you, ladies. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you and, so much and, for calling, David. And please pull me back on mute so I can hold, uh, I can continue to listen to the show. Absolutely, absolutely. We will do that. We will do that. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Well, I I love you, Echo. I mean, I really do. <laughs> I have. <laughs> because well, thank you. I'm glad you do. Because I love your honesty, I love your straightforwardness, because I do believe that this is a big responsibility and that we have to think and process and discern and uh, to bring that out there. And I love even the answer that you gave to Julia from Florida, because sometimes psychics and readers that they're a bit um, I'm trying to do this in the right, in the nice way, flippant a little bit about their yeah. Yeah. Uh, answers and yeah. abilities. And like you said, um, sometimes we're given way too much power and we have to be careful in what we say. And yeah, that's why I think right. you're the real deal, my love. So, Oh, thank um, you. Thank you. You are the real deal. Well, let's well, talk I a think little it's bit. Important. Of, I think it's ahead. important that people see that we are human and that, Oh, my goodness. You know, there, this, there is a lot of work involved in this, and we do have to be very careful. God, we can so easily ruin people's lives just by misinterpreting one little picture. You know, we can change people's lives, and that's why I think it's so important for people to learn about their intuition and learn how to discern the truth from non-truth. I mean, it's just people have a responsibility. If they're going to go to a psychic to get information, I think it's it's just as important. We're giving the information, but it's just as important for them to listen to the information with their intuition to see, okay, am I supposed to follow this or aren't I? 
You know, I got a yeah. email the other night from a guy who uh, there's a psychic in town who recently died, and he he said to me, you know, my life was so happy until she came along and she gave me guidance and my my life turned to hell or something like that. And he said, you psychics have to be careful. And I said, yeah, we have to be careful, but you also have to be careful. I said, first of all, if your life was so happy, why were you going to a psychic for guidance? And I said, and secondly, why didn't you listen to the information with your intuition? Because it would have told you if that information was going to lead you down a wrong path. And, of course, I never heard from them again. But at least I was able to say that to them, you know, that it isn't just our responsibility. They have a responsibility also. Yes. So there, I'm off my soapbox. Oh, I love it. 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 Well, okay. let's talk about your new book. Um, one of my, um, Holly, who works here, she goes, oh, i got to buy um, her new book. I didn't realize how many books she wrote, but she wants to buy your new book, What Happens When We Die. Are you going to tell our audience about that new book and what that's about? Okay, I'd love to because I love that book. Um, you know, I worked have worked with so many people that were dying and or yeah, in their dying process. And, you know, their families would call and say, you know, would you come and sit with us or would you come and help my loved one die? Or, you know, my my loved one has been dying forever and why don't they die? What is taking so long? And, you know, it's just, I one day I was just thinking, God, I've learned so much about death and dying. And so I just sat down and just started pulling it all altogether what I've learned from the souls out there and what they've taught me and what I've learned about life on the other side. And, you know, just the little thing. I mean, even I remember many times sitting with a family member and there's somebody, you know, they're laying in the bed and they're in their dying process and the soul is in and out of the body, in and out, in and out, going to the other side, coming back, going back into the body. A lot of times the soul is just in the room with the family members and they're crying and they're praying for a miracle or, you know, they're trying to, oh, I've seen many people, you know, try to get their loved one to talk to me, talk to me. Are you still there? Are you still there? And, you know, holding their hand and uh, squeezing their hand and um, and and seeing Hearing the soul say, would you please tell them to stop all of this? This is very hard for me to leave them. I don't want to break their heart. I don't want them to be sad, but I don't want to live in that body anymore because I'm so tired, and I'm tired of being tired, and I'm tired of being sick. And will you please get them to stop holding my hand because... It was so interesting. It's like the soul said to me, many souls said, you know, every time they grab my hand and pull on it and try to get me awake, it becomes harder for the soul to release itself from the body. And that what happens is the soul gets jerked back into the body. And they've said it's such a distraction when they do that. And um, it was interesting because, okay, so I had heard that a lot. And, you know, then a few years later, there I am, and I'm at the 
bedside of a friend of mine who's dying, and I took his hand. Um, just I, I wasn't even thinking. I just naturally took his hand to hold it, and he made this face like, no, don't do that. And I remembered, oh, my gosh, Echo, you're doing it too. And so I let go of his hand, and his whole face relaxed like, thank you. And, you know, it's like don't pull my attention back to the physical body, but let the soul be in its process of dying. So it's things like that that I thought, you know, I, w- I want to share this information with people. And so there's there's lots of different chapters in the book about the dying process, just very interesting things that I've learned. And, uh, and it's, you know, the book, a lot of people have thanked me for writing it, just saying that it gave them a lot of peace of mind. And also saying, you know, that they felt guided as to what to do when their loved one was dying because a lot of people say to me i don't know what i'm supposed to do what should i do do i go and sit with them and do i try to talk to them or should i just stay home and let them die but you know something else that's interesting too is we have this idea in our society that we can't let people die alone we have somebody has to be with them at all times but what the souls have said to me is that Dying is a lot easier for them if we aren't in the room, if we aren't in the room praying for a miracle or please, please, please don't die. Um, Hmm. If we are out of the room often, and that's, that's what a mortician friend of mine told me. I, I was interviewing him for another book of mine and I said to him, is there anything any common story that you hear all the time? And he said, actually, there is. He said, more than you can imagine, people have said to me, I sat by his bedside every day, all day long, two weeks. I'd only leave to go to the bathroom. And one day I left to go downstairs, and he died. And he said, I've heard that story over and over and over. And I thought, wow, that's really weird. So I asked the spirits, I asked the souls, some of the souls that were dying, I said, okay, what's the deal? And they said, we don't want to break anybody's heart. We don't want to make people sad. It's a lot easier for us to leave the body when there's no one in the room. And so I thought, wow, that is a really important piece of information that people should have. So it's just stuff like that that I kind of compiled this whole little pile of interesting little things. And um, and now we have the book called What Happens When We Die. So do you know or do you have an idea or have you seen what heaven looks like or where that soul might go to? I sure have, girl. Oh, my gosh. Um, You know what, honey? I had the coolest experience one day. Okay. I hope I have time to share this. I do. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, this was really cool. Um, About, well, many years ago, my brother and I had gone on a ghost-busting experience, and we got rid of the ghost, got him to go to the other side, and that night when I came home, I was laying in bed thinking about heaven and thinking about just about, I don't know, just, you know, where we send these ghosts. And I drifted off to sleep. And the next morning I woke up 
And I went outside in my garden and I was hoeing, just kind of getting it ready for the for the new spring. And I said out loud to God, I said, okay, here's the deal. I said, I would love to know more about the other side. I said, I've seen bits and pieces when I've done re- readings and when I've communicated with the deceased. I get to see, you know, little snippets of heaven. But I said, is it possible for me to have more information about heaven? And, um, oh, just a second, honey. i got to turn this gotta turn this off oh god i don't know okay um anyway i said to god i said you know what i'm not gonna bug you um i said but if it's possible for me to have more information i would love it and um i said that's it that's all and i let it go okay three days later um i had a client in my office and it was the last client of the day he had been coming for a while so we were we had a nice little you know friendship and all of a sudden my whole office looked like it filled up with white light and it was the most bizarre experience and it's like my third eye was wide open and all i could see was all this white light and i could see a spirit a female spirit in front of me and she said come on let's go and I thought, oh my God, am I dying? And um, and I I looked over at my client who was on his way up the stairs, and I said, wait, Neil, wait, hold on, hold on. I said, the room is filling up with white light, and there's some spirit here who wants me to go somewhere. And um, oh my gosh, girl, it was the strangest experience. And I said, can you get my body? Can you get me upstairs? And a voice said to me, one of my guides said, get get upstairs and have him call your brother and tell him to get over here right away. Okay, so my client, I was like, a, my, my physical body was like a rag doll, and I kept seeing this spirit in front of me, and all she kept saying was, come on, let's go. And I, 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 I just didn't know where she wanted me to go, so I just kept holding on to my body, my brain, you know, like, okay, no, 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 Echo, figure this out. And I got upstairs, and he called my brother. Okay, now, so I sat on the couch. I was all slumped over like a rag doll, and my brother walked in the front door, and he says to my friend Neil, he says, okay, Neil. Now, this is what was so cool to me, because I hadn't told anybody about that prayer, but he says to my friend Neil, okay, Neil, relax. He says, three days ago, she asked God if she could have information about the other side, and they are going to let her go over there. I'm supposed to ground her body. He says, so you just sit there and relax, and then he says, so he sits down on the couch. He takes my hand, and he says, okay, sis, you can go, and right then, this spirit that was in front of me she turns around and looks at me, and it was my own spirit. It was my own soul, and she looked just like me, and she says, come on, let's go. And and we, next thing I know, we were in the tunnel, and I'm, I'm looking at all these people in the tunnel, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what what is this? And I heard, it's like, this is a tunnel. 
This is where people come to greet their loved ones when they are coming over. And, Janice, it was amazing. All these people are in the tunnel, and they've got, um, oh, they've got flowers, and they've got balloons. And these are people from the other side who are there greeting their loved ones because they were dying that day, and they were coming into the tunnel. Okay. So I just kept on floating, and I was getting closer and closer to this white light, and all of a sudden, I was in the white light. I was on the other side of the white light, and there... And I'm standing in a village, and um, and there's my grandma, and it, 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 she was with a friend, and my grandma says to this lady, well, this is my granddaughter, Echo, and the lady says, oh, you didn't tell me she was dying today, and my grandma said, <laughs> my grandma said, oh, she's not dying today, she's just visiting, and uh, I'm like, what? And... um and right then, an angel floated over to me and said, okay, come on, we don't have that much time. It was it was the most surreal experience because, you know, Janice, it's like I look back and there's my body. My physical body is slumped over on the, on the couch. And there I am, and it's actually me. It's, it's me, my personality, my whole being and i realized how much the physical body was just a covering that i wore and that there i am and so here's this angel and we she immediately takes me over to this place place called the pink place and she said now here was the other thing that was cool was that she okay so you're a psychic so you know what it's like when spirit thinks to you right okay that's how she and I communicated. It was all clear audience. She would send a thought to me. I would have a thought, and she would pick it up. She would send me back the answer. Our lips never moved at all. It was all mental telepathy. And so I had this thought of, why are we here? She sends me this thought back. Echo, this is the pink place. This is where souls come to heal. And and it was... Uh, it was, first of all, it was a gorgeous place, um, and there was the, the most green grass, and there were all these souls laying in the grass. And I said, I had the thought, what? why are they laying in the grass? And she looked at me, and she sent back the thought, they are laying in the grass to heal. And she said, notice the energy of this place. This is the pink place. This is where they come. And then she, again, she shows me this hospital that was enormous. And I had the thought, okay, why do they need a hospital in heaven? And she says, she says, look at the second floor. And so here I am, you know, like way far away from it. But yet when she said that, suddenly I was right there looking at the second floor. And it, she said that's where suicide souls come. And, Janice, there were like, honey, I don't even know how many beds there were, but there were all these beds, and each bed had a caregiver sitting there waiting for the next person to come. And there were a lot of souls that were completely out of it. 
and and then there were some souls that were laying in beds and they were talking to their caregiver like um you know i saw somebody saying what happened what happened and the caregiver was explaining to her that when she did this overdose she actually did do so much that her physical body died and um and she said or the angel thought to me and said there's still a lot of them that are out of it okay i mean they're, they had they had taken so many drugs that their soul was out of it. Okay, wow. and then and then she jumps me up to the eighth floor, and she says, "This is for people who only identify themselves with a physical handicap." And she said, "We rehabilitate them here to help their soul remember that they are not disabled." And there were quadriplegics there. There were people that uh, were amputees, people that had had serious physical problems, and now they were learning, okay, that was their physical body, but the soul is not injured like that. I mean, girl, it was fascinating. And wow. So are we okay on time? Absolutely, because we we're on for an hour and a half, so I'll – I'll let oh, you know. Okay, honey. <laughs> okay. So um, then she takes me. I mean, we went, oh, we would just uh, float. And it, there were, oh, my gosh, gorgeous hills and mountains and streams and uh, flowers everywhere. And the, the colors over there were so bright and vivid. And um, and then it was the week of Easter. And this was really cool because, um you know, I've always had a sweet spot in my heart for Jesus. I just have always admired him so much. And um, she takes me to this place. And, okay, so we're kind of up on a hill. And I look down, and there's this whole community. And there's a man, and he's standing down in the middle of it looked like a, a town square. And he's talking to this group. And it was interesting because there were hundreds of souls there listening to this guy. And People were sitting up on a on, on a hillside. They could hear him. Some people were laughing at what he said. Some people were crying at what he said. Some people were so focused on every word. And I just stood there looking at this guy, and I thought, geez, that looks just like Jesus. And she, the angel looks over at me, and she smiles. And I had the thought, I wish I could get closer. And suddenly, I'm like right down in the front row, and it was <laughs> Jesus. And wow. I just stood there. And, Janice, I was so, oh, my God, girl, I was so at peace. I was so home. And I had this thought that, okay, I'm never going back. I am not going back. I'm staying here. I bet. And, and right away the angel said to me, Echo, you weren't allowed to come here for your sake. You were allowed to come here so that you could tell others about this place. And the other thing that was funny was my brother said, I heard my brother's voice say, no, sis, you can't stay. You have to come back. And I remember thinking, no, they can't make me. They can't make me go back. <laughs> but, but anyway, she said to me, she said, come on, we've got a lot to cover. And, oh, it's like, no, no, I don't want to leave here. I did not want to leave that place. But 
I mean, it was like her energy was just pulling me. And so, okay, we went to all these places. My brother said, uh, sis, go find the place where all that music is coming from. And I thought, music? What? And then, oh, yeah, there is music. And it was kind of like this enormous intercom in heaven. And I went, oh, okay. And she heard him. And so we went to this field. And it was like three football fields long of musicians. And what was interesting was it was like it, it like if you looked over at the group of country western singers then you'd hear their music. And if you looked over at the guys doing jazz, you'd hear their music. So it's like wherever you put your attention, that's what you would tune into. Okay, so they're oh. all together and I saw this was so fascinating cuz I saw this guitar and I thought, to, I had the thought, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like that. Is that on earth? And and she, the angel looked at me, and she shook her head no, and she said, not yet, but it will be. And I thought, okay. Huh. And so, honey, then, oh, my phone just beeped to let me know that it's out of charge. Okay. Oh, let me see what I can <laughs> do here. So, okay, um, then, all right, now I'm going to switch phones. Okay. Oh, that was terrible. I'm sorry. Um, That's okay. Okay, so then, then she took me, let's see, we went to, oh, yeah, we went to this place. Uh, it was uh, this gorgeous building, um, and it had windows and doors, but it actually didn't have any windows or doors in it it had places for doors and windows and there were angels flying in and out of this place and um and i looked at her and she sent me the thought she said these are the angels that work with people on earth this is where they live and uh, okay and i saw them coming and going and they were giggling and laughing and they were just the sweetest group of people okay then, oh, my gosh, so then she takes me kind of up above, and I look down, and it's kind of like when you're up in an airplane and you're looking out a window and you can see that there's different, you know, um, communities or different areas that are marked, and I could see different communities. And she said to me, there are several communities in heaven. And, um, you know, I, I just had probably a question mark above my head. And she said, for example, she said there, uh, she said, if a, if a person believes that heaven is full of um, hardworking Germans, uh, let's say Catholic Germans, she says, then that is their reality, and when they get here, that is the community that they will live in. And I'm like, what? And then she took me to this community. It was a small community, but there were these these souls, and they were begging for, you know, I don't even know. They were begging. Okay, that's all I can say is they were mm-hmm. begging or stealing uh, from each other. And I... She said, this is the community of beggars and thieves. And I said, 
that doesn't make sense to me. This is heaven. And she said, that is their consciousness. Their consciousness is that if they need anything or want anything, they have to steal or beg for it. And she said, they're young souls and they have a lot to learn. So then, yeah, so then my brother says, sis, you have to get back here. Your body is really stressing. And the angel said to me, yes, we, you have to go back very soon. And I had the thought, no, I really don't want to go back. It's so amazing here. And then I asked her about the comedian Sam Kinison, who had died about two weeks before this experience. And I said, you know, do you know who Sam Kinison is? She said, yes. I said, how is he? And right then, poof, I was standing across the street from Sam Kinison. And um, people were coming up to him and shaking him shaking his hand and telling him that he had done a wonderful job. And I said, or I looked at the angel, and I said, oh, my gosh, you know, um, it's so good to see him, but I'm thinking, really, people are congratulating him? And she said to me, yes, Sam did a wonderful job. And I thought, lady, did you ever catch his act? I mean, this guy used to talk about (laughs) things with dead people, right? And so... Okay, now this phone just, what the heck is going on here? Um, So, all right, we're going to try a different phone, honey, because all of a sudden they're all going away. Oh, stop it. Okay, there. Um, Okay, and she said to me, I said to her, I said to her, I said, really, you think he did a good job? And she said, yes. She said very gently, she says, yes. He was crude in his in his deliverance, but she said Sam got people thinking about what did they believe, and I I was <laughs> I just thought oh my god, and right then, off to the off to the right, I saw a stairway, and I said to her where does that go? And she said to me to the higher levels in heaven. And uh, I said, there's higher levels? And she said, yes. The level that you and I have just been on is levels one through four. And she said, um, there's levels five, six, and seven. And I said, well, can I go see? And she said, no, you're not ready for those yet. And she said, you see, here in heaven, When a person comes here, they go and live in the community that reflects their reality, their beliefs. And she said, but we all are striving to go to the seventh level where we all live together as one, understanding our oneness with God. And I was still, you know, my mind was just full of a million questions. And then just like that. My soul was back in my body. And um, it took me, because I had taken all of the energy in my soul with me on the experience, when my soul came back into my body, it took about, oh, God, it took at least 10 minutes before I could talk again, and it took about 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes before I could move my legs and actually walk again. So it was like I had to fill my body up with all of this energy again. 
And um, and then, you know what I did for, I didn't talk about that experience to anybody. I was so freaked out. I just thought people are going to think I've totally lost it if I tell them that I got to go to the other side. So I, I had the experience. My brother experienced it with me. And we just kind of well, kept it to ourselves. Janice, even when we told our mom, our mom, who was this, mm-hmm. you know, well-known psychic, we went and told her. She's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, <laughs> it, it kind of freaked her out. So she just didn't want to hear about it. Wow. But anyway, oh, my wow. God, honey, that was like a 20-minute story. I'm so sorry. But it was no, quite an experience. Okay. It yep. sounds like it. It sounds like it. Yep. Well, do you even want to go into any topic about the elections at all and what the heck is happening in the world today? I mean, what oh my is, God. you know, that's it's, a 24 million question, isn't it? But, but yeah, it what is. are you, in your perception as a wisdom carrier, what do you think is happening you in the what, world honey, today? You know what, honey, really simply, really simply what I can say about it is that I think that Trump um, – I think he represents the old patriarch way of living and being. And I think that Hillary is about, is trying to bring in the new way. You know, she, a lot of her, I mean, she's, she is familiar with the old way, but it just seems like she's going to try to shift it even just, Mm-hmm. the way she thinks of things and i you know i hate to say hillary this or trump that but to me what i've seen is that trump seems to represent so much of the anger and the bitterness that and the the racism that's going on in our country and um hillary is trying to bring in more of the it, it seems like you know when i watched her Oh God! What what was that? A couple months ago, um, her acceptance speech. I could see how um, it's like the the female energy looks like it's trying to heal things, and I don't know. I you know I'm so concerned about the division in this country. It it just scares the heck out of me. Right. And mm-hmm. the whole election mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I don't. Girl, I don't even know if I can turn on the the debate tonight. It's like I, 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 I don't know because I don't want to. I don't want to get lost in all the ugliness again. It's just getting so awful. Um, <laughs> and you know, people ask me who I think is going to win. I I really haven't got a clue because, you know, I've got what I want and, um, and I I can't seem to get past that. So. Mm-hmm. I can't really mm-hmm. tell you. I can't. I can't see who it is that's going to win. Mhm. 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 Well, I I do believe that you know we're, our program was scheduled for a reason. I believe in this whole divine energy thing, and and of course my teacher who lives in California said, you know, there's a reason why you and Echo are on at 7 p.m. when the the whole Trump. Clinton debate is going to go on. So somehow energetically set it up where you set a canvas over the planet um, and and over our nation to kind of heal that division and help. And so I I do believe that some, uh, that in some ways we can transmit 
um, love and light to the planet. At our at our particular center, we do a lot of transmission meditation. So I continue to talk um, to people about the powers of number coming together in a higher level of consciousness. Um, mm-hmm. To and and then to enter that into the grid. So do you see that as an important thing to do in these next yes. three months as we enter into these changing times? Yes, I do. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have to do mm-hmm. a lot to um, send as much positive energy, as much, oh, boy, positive, oh, just, you know, pull it up higher and higher, as high as we can get the energy to go. Um, yeah. I think that's incredibly important. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, tell me and tell us a little bit about some of the other classes and events that you have at your center that well, you're doing there. You know, what I do, uh, I teach psychic development on Tuesdays, and on Wednesdays I teach um, how to live by your intuition. And um, and I also have a Friday class during the day on the same thing. We do, you know, I have other instructors that come in, and like on Monday nights, uh, someone takes the advanced psychic development class. I also have an online psychic development class that starts next Monday night. It's a six-week program, and um, that goes pretty cool. Let's see, what else can I tell you? Gosh, we got a uh, a guy who comes in and does a lot of Michael Newton's things, um, does reincarnate past life, past lives, reincarnation, helping the people heal. Um, I do healing workshops and, um, oh gosh, I don't even know what else to tell you. There's, it just seems like there's so much going on over there. But it's all about mm-hmm. helping people to heal and helping people mm-hmm. see things from a higher perspective. Um, I have a... Uh, Lutheran pastor friend who um, it's so interesting because he has a big church here in the Twin Cities where he is kind of a um, typical Lutheran pastor and then he comes to the center and is kind of a new age pastor and um, Uh yeah it's very interesting and he is um, he's going to retire next June and then he wants to become a bigger part of the center um wow. of yeah yeah and he just came last night and gave a talk and people just love it so people mm-hmm. that are trying mm-hmm. to heal from you know their religious experiences mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. so that's what it's all about over there at the at the center is just um ways that we can help people to heal Mm-hmm. Heal the so are old. you stepping back at all um, in I, your um, work and you okay and mentoring yeah. people into places? Yep. 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 That's taking a sign over. of a great teacher and a great healer. Um, that is because I see myself at times. Um, you know, I've been doing this a long, long time as well, and so just trying to step back a little bit and allow the next women to kind of. Or, yep. And or men to step up into positions. And and I love the fact that you said to the caller that we did have from Florida, saying that, and even to um, the gentleman that called in earlier, is that just because we take a psychic class or a psychic course doesn't mean we have to be healers right. or have to 
do this, that we right. can just use it in our own personal life. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. So how would you help people discern? That's a big question. Well, too. so if you're going to you have know, people because there's so much on the internet, there's so many teachers, there's this, there's that. So how how do you help people discern on what is real, what is perhaps not real? How do you help them learn how to discern? Um, to me, it's all about intuition, and um, you know, a lot of psychics um, kind of throw it all in a basket and say, you know, it's all intuition or it's all psychic abilities. But for me, psychic abilities, most of the psychic abilities are up in our head and then our intuition is down in our gut area and people have to learn how to, um, they need to learn how to hear that still small voice inside because it's that still small voice that will always guide them like with discernment you know of you know should I go to this psychic should I read that book should I um, go to this doctor should I take that class I mean everything that we need guidance with our intuition will help us and um, again people a lot of people don't know what intuition is. They don't understand it. That's something else that I do is I teach um, at Hazleton Treatment Center. I teach uh, a weekend workshop on how to live by your intuition because in AA, one of the promises of sobriety is that at a certain point, we intuitively know how to uh, handle situations that at one time baffled us. And so a lot of people take the workshop because it, it, it's like, I don't know what intuitively means. They don't know what is that. And and some people have said to me when I've said, well, no, I teach a course on intuition. They're like, well, isn't that psychic abilities? But again, psychic abilities, you know, if if we look at what they are, there's clairvoyance, which is the gift of sight, psychic sight. There's clairaudience, which is the gift of hearing spirit. Clairgustance is the gift of smell. So those three abilities are up there in our head. And then clairsentience is the gift of sensing. And um, those are different from the still small voice within. And so that's what I do is I, I teach. I have a I have a DVD. No, is it a DVD? It's a yeah, it's a DVD that people can purchase on my website of how to live by your intuition. And what we did was hmm. I was teaching a weekend workshop and um my producer that produces my meditation tapes, he came and uh, uh uh recorded the whole thing and then um he put it together and it's really it's it's a really helpful for people. It's a really helpful course to Let's see. I'm not saying that right, but it's it helps people to locate that still small voice inside, to understand it, to 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 recognize it, um, because you know we say it's a voice, but we also say it's a still small voice, and that's very confusing for people. I asked this angel that works with me one time. I said, "Okay, how?" how do I explain what intuition is? And she said, well, tell people it's like their stomach is having a thought. 
And I thought, hmm. well, actually, you know, that's kind of how it is. And um, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, hmm. when people have that, when they've got that connection with their inner voice, they—that's discernment, as far as I'm concerned, right there. Because they will, it will always let them know, no, that's not a good book for you, or that class will be perfect for you versus taking this other class. Or, you know, uh, with everything, I, I use my intuition with absolutely everything, every decision that I need to make, I ask for the guidance from within. Mm-hmm. So there mm-hmm. you have it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do the same thing. Oh. Well, tell our listeners where they can get a hold of you or how they can get a hold of you if they have more questions or if they would like more information about your classes or the center. Um, is there a website, uh, email you'd like yep. to leave with them? Yep. Um, they can okay. go to my website, which is echobodine.com, or, and they can you know just check it out, see what's available. Again, if anybody's interested in the online class, it begins a week from tonight um october 3rd if they i'm trying to think what else oh if they are interested in meditation tapes or any of the uh, cds that we have there's actually a a psychic development dvd set that uh, we offer on the um in the bookstore or the bookstore in the store on the uh, website i also do a blog Uh, i'm not very good at keeping it up regularly but um that's listed on the on the site as well let's see where else um i'm on facebook it's under i have three of them actually echo lee bodine echo bodine and then there's one for the center for intuitive the center yeah for intuitive living is what it's called and uh, we post things on there um, let's see. All the books and the meditation CDs, everything's right there in the store. Or for the books, it'll direct them right to Amazon.com. And that's how people can get a hold of me. My email address is echo at echobodine.com. And, uh, and that's about it. Yeah, well, I will make sure that that's on our website as well for people to get a hold of you. What's one last comment? That this is always hard. I know. I'm sorry, Echo. What's one last comment that you would like to give our listeners as we come to the, you know, as we're traveling through the end of this year? What what, what would be one last comment of your great wisdom you would give to our listeners? <laughs> You're so cute. Of your great wisdom. Ah, uh, let's see. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, girl. Uh, hmm. Hmm. I guess the, the the most important thing to me right now in in my work is to get the message out to people about living by their intuition. And so if for any of you that are listening, if you do not have a good relationship with your intuition, um I highly recommend I've written a book called A Still Small Voice. I highly recommend getting a copy of that book. It keeps it really simple. Um, but it's it's also very helpful if you are having a tough time right now in maybe your relationship with God. You might have a lot of issues with God, um, trust issues. I've written a book called Look for the Good and You'll Find God. That will also help you on your journey. It's just, you know, 
um, this journey we're all on is, I'll tell you, it's full of surprises. You just think you know what's going on and suddenly something else comes along. But the reason we're here, the reason we come to this goofy planet is because we are here to heal from previous lifetimes, the uh, experiences we've been through before. We bring that pain with us into our new life. And so a lot of us are here to heal and all of us are here to grow. And so don't stop growing. Don't don't think you've reached it. Um, it. It's a daily thing for all of us, and we're all in this together. And so, you know, I just say I wish all of you the very, very best on your journey. And just keep looking up. You know, always, always, mm-hmm. if you can, when a situation happens in your life or in someone else's life that it's just, you think, you just think it, this just can't happen. The best thing that I've found to do is to get up above it. Go and sit up. Imagine yourself sitting up on a branch on a tree or sitting up on a cloud and just look down at that experience from a higher perspective. And then you'll be able to see why your soul has chosen to have that experience. It really helps a lot. And that's all I have to say. How's that? That that is wonderful. That is wonderful. Well, I I do want to thank you, Echo. I told my audience before we started, and um, that that you are one of the easiest interviewers I've ever had on um, a Pure Hope show. I love your honesty. I love your approachability to life and to the work that you do. And so I do want to thank you for all of the work that you've done over the many, many years of, of, um, of helping people with their intuition and helping people have a closer relationship with their, with their truth of who, they're, who they are. So I want to thank you for that. So. Well, thank you. Thank you very, very much for having me. Yes, yes. And everyone out there, I will put the information on our website at the Hope Interfaith Center, which is www.hopeinterfaith.com. Center.com. I will um, put that information out there. The other thing is that I want to let everyone know is that I am going to cross the nation into California, and we are going to have a speaker, which will be live on October 25th at 7 p.m. once again. And his name is Jeffrey Van Dyke, and he is a personal coach, uh, an intuitive He has a um, lot of information to kind of help us in this journey. And last but not least, I am going to to say just this little thing, because as we're approaching the end of this year, I know that lots of people think that the, the world is overwhelming with many, many things. And sometimes we might say, like, why am I even doing this? Why am I even doing this? And this is a story that comes from the Dalai Lama. There is a big old fire in the forest fire, in the forest. It's a great big fire. And all of a sudden, all the deer and all the elk and all the antelope, they're just running out of the forest except this one little sparrow. And the sparrow would go down to the river, suck up some water, and go to this great big roaring fire and spit out that water. 
And then the sparrow would go down back to the river, suck up some water, and go to the roaring fire and spit again. And there's this deer that stops and says, Sparrow, Sparrow, what are you doing? You will never get this forest fire out. And the, sp- and the sparrow says to the deer, I have come, just as Echo said, to this goofy planet. I have come to this planet to serve. I have come to this planet to help. And so I am going to help. And the sparrow just continued to go down to the river, suck up some water, and spit it at the roaring fire. And so all of us together were like little sparrows. And I would encourage you all from my heart to your heart, is to keep on keeping on and just bring love and light to the planet in any way possible you can because we're all healers, we're all helpers, and we're all here to make this world a better place. So once again, Echo, I thank you for uh, helping the world, and I thank all of my listeners. So I will see you next month. Please tune in. Namaste, namaste, namaste. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind, be gentle, be loving, be true.